Welcome back. We're back. We're here. We have survived another week. Yes. In 2020. We are now in November. We are. We survived Halloween, which I don't know how I survived it. I mean, I don't recommend Halloween as a 30-year-old anymore. <laughs> no, you put on compression socks to prepare for the second night. Yeah. And that was when I knew. I was like, we're too old to be doing this. I couldn't zip up my boots, which normally do fit uh, the first night trying to put on the costume so I walked around the party with my boots unzipped it was fine we no zip- one even noticed Haley got them zipped up for the pictures and that's all that mattered yeah exactly and so, no one else even noticed yeah no it was totally fine but the next day I knew I didn't want that to be the look mm-hmm. so I did make I made some other changes and I put on compression socks so that my boots would did up. they fit better Saturday yeah, night? Yeah, okay. I, I, I was able to wear them for like four or five hours. Oh, no that's pain. good. Yeah, I was, it was Because I can barely even do that, and I was wearing Converse. Yeah, it was incredible. So that's good. difference it was. Also, Haley gave me like a bloat pill when I got to her house. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and that could have helped too. She also gave me one Saturday night because I was so full, and she made me eat because I hadn't really ate because I was hungover pretty much the whole day. Yeah. And then she gave me one after forcing me to eat and I was so full but like immediately I felt better yeah it it was uh they make a difference for sure but uh there's not you know there's not enough water pills in the world to get you through staying up until 5 a.m two nights in a row and then pretending like you didn't correct so we're struggling still today yeah I did not get out of bed until 2 p.m yesterday and with the time change that would have technically been 3 3 p.m yeah um I stayed up at the house that I went to um didn't get a lot of sleep was up till like five slash six because the time change um but they made me breakfast and then I was able to come down here and then fall asleep for like three hours and get some shit done after that but yeah, today was still like a an exercise in motivation and discipline. You worked out. I, I did, did. <laughs> because I feel guilty because yeah. I canceled on my trainer. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, at least I can do this. You um, did it. But yeah, I <laughs> felt really sick this morning, like not like hungover sick, mm-hmm. like I felt fine, but like I felt like I couldn't stop coughing. My throat was really Uh-oh. sore. And so my brain automatically went to, I have COVID. Yeah, because we spent... Weekend. I mean, they were still smaller gatherings. Yeah. Like, there were more people at the party Friday night than the people, the party Saturday. Saturday night. Yeah. There was just more co-mingling at the second party. <laughs> um, A so. lot of the same people, though, so it's not like you doubled down on the amount like I did. Um, Five of the same people. Still. I mean, yeah. That's more than me. Um. Mine were both still small gatherings outside. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of people at my uh, second party, quote unquote, were definitely social distancing. There was a lot of people like literally wearing gas masks. Wow. Okay. Um, because that, for one, that's like the kind of crowd. They're all kind of like industrial gothic. They have these things on hand. Yes. <laughs> wink, uh, wink. And they've worn them to gatherings before. It wasn't yeah. just a Halloween thing, but it was definitely appropriate. Um, I was wearing my surgical mask and gloves. Um, you know, there, 
were typically a very huggy, touchy-feely group, and there wasn't much of that going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am really proud of the people that I've chosen to uh, expose myself to or be yeah. exposed to um, because they're all trying to do it as much as safely as possible. Yeah. And that's, I think, all we can do. And you and I have talked about that, too. Like, yeah. I want to still do the things that make me happy. I just have to make sure that I'm being safe and making, Conscious. like, the right decisions about it. Exactly. You know? So I feel fine, except for the fact that I'm now too old to do this. <laughs> yeah. Staying up until 5 a.m. one night, let alone two nights in a row, mm-hmm. is a lot. And it's just, like... It's kind of, it's definitely not as bad as when we went to Palm Springs, but it's the same kind of feeling. Like, it's just like, is this release? And it's just like yeah. this one day or one weekend that feels kind of normal again. So we just kind of just like let it all loose. Yeah. And then we're not like realizing that drained. we're not used to this much, um, you know, peopling and drinking energy, in general. Like, yeah, usage. And it's all chemical, like in your body chemistry. The mm-hmm. things that you're experiencing right now is a huge like endorphin and serotonin drop because mm-hmm. you had so much of it overloaded this week. Yeah. So your body's just like, I don't know where to be. I don't know how to feel. I'm going to tell you that you need to rest. You don't keep doing this every day by making you feel sick and run down. Yeah. I will say, although I was dead yesterday, like, I don't think I've ever just slept that late into the day, like, (laughs) since I was probably 21 years old. I was trying to figure out because your door was open and, like, your TV was on, but I couldn't really see into your room and, like, The way that our hallway is, I could only really see if you were in your room if I walked into your room. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I, her car is here, but I don't hear like movement. <laughs> Any movement. Other, I don't hear anything other than your TV. So I was just like, uh, I hope she's okay. Um, you finally came out a few hours later. Yeah. And was like, are you alive? Because I'm not. Because <laughs> I came out once and you were asleep. I can see into your yeah. room from our kitchen. So I could see that you were asleep. And I was like, okay. And then like two hours later, you were awake. I was like, are you alive? <laughs> like, because I'm still just coming back to life. Yeah. But I'd rather feel that way than like the anxiety or like guilt that I get after drinking. I haven't For had sure. that in a long time. That's good. And so I was expecting to have that after two week, two nights of like heavy drinking, a yeah. lot of socializing. Um, and good. so I feel like, I mean, obviously I don't want to do this all the time. It's not good no matter what. Yeah. But I feel better about it not feeling that way because that can be worse for me than being hungover. Like, oh, yeah. Because it so. lasts longer, I think, than it just usually the physical It usually takes a couple of days, hangover. if not a week, to, like, feel normal again. So Yeah, it's the worst. Well, we probably should invest in some of that anxiety that Haley I know I tried to find it I couldn't find it but I know that my girls on the shit show have talked about it really yeah doubly endorsed all right we we should just get some for the house yeah um and see how it goes because I don't I just I didn't have as much anxiety either but I do fall victim to it often yeah which is the worst it's so interesting and we can talk about this obviously at a later time, but I have always had it no matter what, but Mm. it, as I get older, it tends to be the nights that I don't even drink as much. I feel guiltier. That's weird. Which is so weird. We should do some research on it and definitely like have an episode maybe. Yeah. I mean, I know it's definitely a lot of, um, 
to do with like my history yeah my family trauma yep we I love, love shaggage yes we love it I got a lot of it, so let's start unpacking. Just kidding. <laughs> um, so, do you want to talk about recommendations? Yeah, let's Things do you- it. Sorry. Whoa. Things you can I'm just banging on shit. <laughs> let's go. Um, do you want to go first? Me first. I have like four things. Whoa. Yeah. It's been a busy week. I mean, they're not all things that are like brand brand new for this week, but things that I like recently want to definitely talk about. Yeah. Okay. Um, you go because I have two. Okay, I was trying to figure out, like, the order, because they are all very related to each other. Um, and they're kind of all podcasts, so I don't know if that's, like, a cop-out or what. You should be listening to us, obviously, but listen to these other podcasts if you like podcasts. Um, I also wanted to bring this up because I'll probably be talking about this person and this podcast frequently. Um, so get ready, dear listener, and save yourself some, like, time and just go listen to her Brene. now. Yeah, okay. Brene Brown. Um, I knew it. She's my favorite. She is, she knows how to put into words exactly how I'm feeling when I'm feeling it. And like somehow she, there's just a way of getting the messages from her exactly when I need them. Um, so she has a podcast called Unlocking Us. She has two podcasts, actually. She just released a second one um, called Dare to Lead. Uh, kind of based around the research that she's done and book that she wrote called Daring Greatly, um, which is when how I first learned about Brene was reading that book. So that book is great. I recommend it. But the podcast, Unlocking Us. Oh, my God. It's just it's gotten me through a lot of mental confusion through the pandemic and quarantining. So what is the premise of Unlocking Us? Is it like self-help? Is um, that what you would... I guess, yeah, I would say like broad strokes, it is a self-help guideline. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, so the way that she describes it on her website is conversations that unlock the deeply human part of who we are so that we can live, love, parent, and lead with more courage and heart. So... She has guests on for every episode that are um, from all walks of life. She's had um, pastors on. She's had football coaches, Mm -hmm. um, actors, writers. Uh, Recently, she had these two sisters on who wrote the book called Burnout. Um, I can't think of their names right now, but if you just look at Brene Brown's podcast, she, she, they were on very recently, so you can find out more about their book. Amazing stuff. Like, I've learned so much from her mm-hmm. about human existence. That leads me to <laughs> recommendation number two. Uh, I could stretch these out, but I do want, I want to talk about them because they are pretty recent for me. Um, Armchair Expert by Dax Shepard. So good. It's so good. So I learned about this because Brene Brown tweeted at Dax Shepard when he um, announced that he, after 11 years of sobriety, is back on day one. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, what the heck? I Googled it. What's going on with Dax Shepard? He released a podcast episode on his podcast that he's had Mm -hmm. for a long time. Um, talking about how he felt he had relapsed um, and ever since then I've been hooked on his podcast it's, when was that um I don't know maybe a month wow I didn't even know about that 
Yeah. But because I love him, but I haven't listened to his podcast probably in about six or seven months. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. yeah. I think it's September or October for sure um, that he announced this and kind of went public with it. But I guess it had been an ongoing relapse mm-hmm. that he was hiding for a while. Wow. Yeah. It's super vulnerable, super raw. I have goosebumps thinking about how brave he is. Um, and also just that I, I, it's really good feel good podcasting. Mm-hmm. Like other than that episode, he just has guests on, um, with someone he calls his soulmate Monica, but it's not his romantic partner. Correct. Um, I don't know who she is to him. I haven't figured it out yet. Do you know? She started out as like their assistant. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah like personal assistant. She's great and hilarious too. Um, and yeah, so the way that he describes it is just a podcast that celebrates the messiness of being human, which if that's not completely accurate to what he's doing and what I'm about, mm-hmm. then nothing is. Um, <laughs> recently, uh, he had on Matthew McConaughey, which leads me to my next recommendation. Matthew McConaughey wrote a memoir. Uh, I don't think he necessarily refers to it as a memoir, but it, it's about his life called Green Lights. And I got the audiobook. Because he reads it to you. Um, you can get the text version if you don't want to be a cheater like me. But I want Matthew McConaughey to talk me into slumber because I feel better when I wake I up. I feel like that's like, I feel like that'd be so soothing He's and so calming. such a dreamy voice. And yeah. then I just want him to say like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Pretty like, much. He um, tells, I mean, he, I love him so much because one, he's got a great voice. He's an excellent storyteller. And, um... He acknowledges that he is in a point of extreme privilege at this point in his life, mm-hmm. um, but he is completely honest about how a lot of the things that got him to where he is now were what he calls green lights. Mm-hmm. It was a very lucky, right time, right place situation for mm-hmm. him. He went through a lot in his lifetime, and he tells anecdotes about it, and he acknowledges that it wasn't the most healthy upbringing. He doesn't. He didn't have a healthy Uh, relationship with his family members at times and his parents weren't great role models for healthy relationships either but all of these anecdotes lead him to the next part of his life yeah so it's really good I'm at the beginning of it still but I definitely recommend it um (laughs) and then the last thing is what I was just listening to and you asked me about earlier um while I was making dinner it's I've newly discovered it because as I was telling a friend uh, about Unlocking Us with Brene Brown, she was like, a lot of um, what you're talking about reminds me of this other podcast called The Cure for Chronic Pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had heard it talked about or recommended on My Favorite Murder before, but I hadn't actually gone and uh, listened to it for a while. They've talked about it for a few months at least. Um, and... I decided to give it a shot, and I what she describes it as, so Nicole Sachs, she's a psychotherapist, um, and she does, um, like, self-help for sure, mm-hmm. about people who, or for people who are suffering with chronic pain, um, and she says um, that pain is not in your head, but the solution is in your body, and emotional exercise can cure a, psych- a physical problem. So... Doing emotional work Mm -hmm. can help you free up the pain that your body is going through because of it. Interesting. It deals a lot with past trauma 
Um, you have to do a lot of what she calls journal speak if you want to do this work or if you're if you've tried everything else for your pain and nothing is working Mm -hmm. um this could help um so dealing with some of the shit that you carry emotionally like your emotional baggage and stuff like that so she calls it journal speak it's kind of like you're just writing as like your um inner your inner dialogue writing it down dealing with or speaking as if you are your child self and what do you really want at the root of it doesn't necessarily be things that you have to address with people who have hurt you or that you hold animosity towards but to get it out of you can Mm -hmm. do wonders for what you're carrying physically yeah that like part right there just reminds me of like there's a saying that's like something about sometimes the best thing for you is I'm gonna mess up the quote Mm. I'm gonna find it for a second you can keep talking if you want to talk about it more um no I just feel like I'm just barely scratching the surface on her podcast so I'm I'm kind of listening to more of her recent episodes but I do want to go back into the archive and work my way through them because they are good to just kind of have on while I'm doing other things because I don't necessarily need to pay super close attention all the time, but Mm -hmm. the words just kind of running in the background reminding me to be a lot kinder to myself Mm -hmm. or if I'm, you know, clenching my jaw or dealing with a headache, which I've had for a few days now, like where, where is it coming from? What is it that you are subconsciously dealing with? Like, where's this turmoil at and why is it coming out in this physical pain yeah interesting um the quote is life becomes easier when you learn to accept the apology you never got and I've always believed that Mm -hmm. so much because I I think that people apologize too often and they're not as sincere as they should be oh for sure and so I a long time ago have learned to just be like and a lot of the times, too, it, it's not – I don't need to hear an apology from somebody. Like, most of the time, I would say it's never that person's intention to upset me, to hurt my feelings, For you sure. know? That's good, yeah. And so I've always – I've tried to always be the person, like, whatever they're saying or doing is not about me, mm-hmm. and I need to deal with why I'm reacting and feeling the way that I'm on my own, and if they never apologize to me – I have to be able to move on and live my life yeah, without carry that. It. Yeah. I experience that a lot too. And it's something that I should remind myself of more is because I tend to relive conversations that I wish happened mm-hmm. um, and try to think of how I wish I could have said something or communicated better or prevented someone from getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Um and that's I mean that's not the best way to live but it it's probably good for me to just kind of let all that out and let it go Mm -hmm. um because I I'm in pain all the time I don't have a diagnosis yeah uh, partly because I don't go to the doctor but uh, (laughs) um I know that I've got some shit that I can't haven't figured out yet how to let go Mm -hmm. um and it's not always the same thing it's not it doesn't come back to one root instance yeah but um it all manifests in different ways which is weird yeah when it kind of feels like at least for me personally I will get to the root cause 
and then there's just something else Mm. that triggers or that you know causes me to like have another like bad like emotional breakdown or just have a bad day or a bad migraine or not want to socialize with people or just only want to sit on my phone for eight hours a day instead Mm -hmm. of working you know so it's just like I feel like I diagnose it one day and then the next day it's like oh it's a brand new set of symptoms yeah and it's never gonna be like oh you take you know Nicole's course and it's all cured yeah you live perfectly happily ever after pain free that's not how life works um so it's always going to be an exercise yeah you know continuing the work well and it sounds like a great idea like a great idea for a podcast too because it is I would say leans more towards like the self-help side Mm -hmm. um but it also just helps remind you that you're not the only person feeling that way I feel like for so long yeah for so long like I think mental health was so taboo because don't previous generations didn't talk about it and if you did talk about it it was done negatively like yeah or that you you're weak because you're dealing with it and so now there's just podcasts and there's like all this other material that's available to Mm -hmm. us so I just I really enjoy things like that um it just helps us stay connected exactly and it's not I think uh before podcasts were you know uh as commonly consumed as they are now you had to go to the bookstore and go down that shameful aisle of self-help yeah. to find something that speaks to what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody likes to be seen there, you know? Like, yeah. nobody likes to be seen in their shame um, and admitting that they do need help mm-hmm. and to work on things. So I love that this is accessible to mm-hmm. everyone who has an internet connection yeah <laughs> of some sort at the very least yeah um you just have to be open to finding it and the messages there totally yeah so those are mine all very kind of self-helpy and it's all things that they're like my self-care podcasts like this yeah. um are they're good for me when I'm running or cleaning or doing the dishes or even if I'm kind of working on something that I can zone out to um because it's better than listening to my own thoughts about it sometimes. Yeah. It's nice to have it put back at you in a different way. Yeah. Well, and from like an outsider's perspective, and it may not be exactly on what you would be thinking about or worried about that day, but it kind of redirects your thoughts. Right. And does makes it more like organized mm-hmm. chaos than just chaos. It's true. Yeah. Um, well... My two recommendations, so the first one that I want to recommend is actually an Instagram page, and it's called History Cool Kids. Have you ever heard of them? No. It's, like, really cool. So they just post about random things from the past, like, just ran- – it'll be, like – it could be, like, ads. Like, this mo- most recent one that they posted is a 7-Up and Milk ad Ew. together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it curdles. Yeah, it's like so crazy, but it's just like they post about really fascinating things that I don't think we would ever learn about. Interesting. Um, and so like I came across them, I don't even know how long, but um it's just it's so interesting and like there's this post about ventriloquism which is really scary I don't <laughs> want to look at that one anymore but yeah it's just history cool kids mm. and 
it's a it it just helps because I'm a history nerd too but Mm -hmm. I feel like there's so much I don't know yeah and it's kind of like abstract stuff that I don't think they would have ever taught in school or like most people would know about I gotcha Mm -hmm. um and they're like hashtag or like slogan or whatever is knowledge is power so I really appreciate that about them and it's just really cool cool vintage pictures from things that like that may not be super relatable now, but they also might be very relatable. Mm-hmm. Like there's things about like voting and like the lines and like the, there was lines for black people and there was lines for white people. Like how long, how much longer the one mm-hmm. for black people was than white people. So yeah. just like really super interesting. Um, it's like a fresh like inspiration about like history. Yeah. And it just like breaks up my social media feed from like, the people that I genuinely know and care about and like what they're posting and like the influencers or like the like pages that are just like kind of like fluffy and like for funsies. Yeah. Um, I do something similar to that. Like I follow the hashtag on Instagram that cheese plate. And so every now and then I just get a random person's picture of their like charcuterie and cheese plates. Um, and so it's something that's like, I didn't actively seek it out. And, like, I'm not, like, following every single person that posts that. But it's nice to every once in a while get, like, a new type of that is cheese plate. so strange. Yeah. That is so strange. Just a random cheese plate. Yeah. I, you know I love a good charcuterie <laughs> cheese board. I know. I, I didn't know you could follow. Well, I didn't know you could follow hashtags, first of all. So um, I'm not. See, I didn't know for a long time. And that's, like, the only one that I actually <laughs> do that's, like, helpful to me. I'm sure I could be a lot more effective with it, like, following certain types of hashtags. But somehow I got on I, – I, I don't know how I did this. Somehow I started following a Christmas party. I can't remember exactly what the hashtag was, but it was, like, holiday parties. And the other one was jackets. So random. But I was, like, scrolling through my feed being, like, what – are these posts like jacket jacket hashtag jacket (laughs) (laughs) why is this in my feed and then I finally realized that I was following those hashtags how I don't know I don't know but why is hashtag jacket even a hashtag like are they fancy jacket they were usually (laughs) or they're just something that somebody added to their photo it could have nothing to do with it I don't know. Instagram, I don't totally, like, understand what you're supposed to do with it or how it works. Like, I just posted a reel last week for this company that I'm interning for. They were, like, put a challenge out to everyone, and it was to create a reel Uh of your, like, a few different dresses that you're going to wear for Dress Ember. That's the company, dressember.org. Go check it out. Um, More info coming soon. Um, So I was like, how the heck do I do a reel? And it's basically a TikTok. Yeah. Well, because every time I see a reel, it's it has the TikTok logo. <laughs> but you can create them on Instagram and organically. I, I looked into it and it looked really confusing. It se- I don't know if it's just because it, this was my first time like even trying to use it. And my exposure to creating TikToks I, has been nothing but a disaster. <laughs> um, but this seemed easier to me than the TikTok editor. I don't get the TikTok editor at all. 
Yeah, it's embarrassing. I've been on TikTok for like a year and a half and I hate making them so much. Oh my God, I love making them. Although last week I was trying to make one a day. I did make one a day. I sometimes made two a day. Nice. It's exhausting. I don't know how people are doing it. It was so much work. I, and like the ones that are really well done, like the guy who dresses up as all the characters in different like scenes and he like wears wigs. He has like a goatee. And he does like, he started off doing like Jersey Shore reenactments where he would be every single character and he Wait, edits the scenes. You, I think you sent me one of He his. like edits the scenes and the angles and he's wearing their clothes. Like he posts all the time and it's so well done. Like I don't know how he's this good at it and has any time. To, I mean, he must be a full-time creator at this point. But. Yeah. It's just like, and he's because he's lip syncing the lines perfectly. He's got every cut and angle down, all the wardrobe and wigs. Like, oh my God, it's amazing. Yeah, it takes so much work to put together TikToks. I don't, I, I don't understand. Like, and mine are like mediocre at best. Oh, mine are, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> How did you know? I feel like such an old person on it, like trying to figure it out. Cause I'm like, this is not, it's not. It's not it. User friendly for me. It's not it. And I work in tech. Yeah. Like I should be able to get this. I just don't. It's a different kind of tech. Social media is a different. It's a whole different totally. animal that I. Like digital. Yeah. Marketing and all that. I wish. I wish I could get into that because like we were saying the other night, like I have ideas. I just can't implement them. Mm. So like I can be like the brain behind the screen, mm-hmm. but I need someone else to figure out how to make it happen. And make it successful. Yeah. I'm not good at that. Yeah. Well, we it's not what we went to school for, you yeah. know? Or, like, we didn't get – we don't have the hands-on, like, training. Yeah. Well, and I feel like marketing when we were in school was so different. Totally. It, I don't even – how do you even come up with marketing curriculum for college students these days? Because it changes every know. day. Every I have, day. I have no idea. Neither. Anyways, I don't know how to wrap up that – do you have another suggestion yeah we can move on to the next thing (laughs) um and then my second recommendation is a tv show it's called we are who we are it's created and directed by the same guy who created call me by your name who Mm -hmm. wrote the book Mm -hmm. the series of books um and so it's a really really good series it's on hbo max and it's basically about these two american families who their parents are in the military and so their parents are stationed in italy Mm -hmm. and they live on the navy base and it's just basically about like what it's actually, I think, set around like 2016 because there was an episode they were they put on the Hillary versus Trump debate. So I think it's like about 2016 before okay. the election. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has um, one of the girls from American Horror Story, one of the ladies. Oh, Chloe. Um, Chloe, Chloe Sevigny. Sevigny. Something like that. Yeah. Um, she plays like the mom. And she plays like a lesbian and like she's like. She's great. She's like the colonel. Like she's like the top boss mm-hmm. um, and moves her wife and her son to the base from New York. And it's just it's a really, really interesting dynamic because she's a female. She's in charge of like the entire base there. Yeah. Um. It has one of the kids from the It movies that plays her son, and he is a disaster. He's, like, grown up so much since yeah. It, which wasn't that long ago. But yeah. But, like, he looks so mature. Yeah. Well, yeah, he just 
I think that's just how kids look these days too. Like he has like the bleached hair and he's wearing the rings and his fingernails are painted. And I'm like, he's so much cooler than us. Yeah. I'll never be that cool. (laughs) I hate teenagers now. Like not just because they're obnoxious, but that they, they skip the awkward phase. Yeah. And they're just so much cooler than I am now. And I like, I don't get how like evolution is like slowed us down, but sped them up. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not fair. It is not fair. And like they don't, like I said, they don't have the awkward phase. Like they just have really like, like they all know how to do like their makeup already too. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just now learning and I'm old. And they're like wearing the clothes that like we were wearing in the 90s, but like it looks better on them than it did on us. Yeah. Somehow it does. It doesn't. Yeah. I don't understand mm-hmm. it. Fashion is weird. Trends are weird. Yeah. But the show is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the other family that it focuses on is a black family. And Kid Cudi is actually the dad. Oh. I love him so much. <laughs> um, and he it's weird seeing him like older it's, as well. Seems pretty random. I didn't know that he was an actor. An actor. Yeah. yeah, he's an actor. He's been in a couple of other things, too. Oh, OK. He's mm-hmm. also um, like really close best friends with Timothy Chalamet. So oh, there's a connection. That's there. adorable. He got yeah. more points for me for that. And he has an album coming out soon, which I'm super excited for. But his daughter um, is like the second like main character. Both of their kids are like the main people. Mm-hmm. And she's going through some stuff like identity like who is she she shaves her head Mm. dad freaks out so interesting because you're saying like some parts of it seem like it was supposedly taking place like four years ago yeah but a lot of it is still super relevant yeah what you know I mean we're talking about for kids these days yeah it's really interesting and I really like the way that the episodes are written and it's kind of like it's just it's very chaotic and it's messy Mm -hmm. and it just seems like such a real depiction of what families are like like it's not clean it's not we all get along all the time and we agree with each other track and perfectly timed entrances and exits yeah and like the second to most recent episode like something like terrible happens and so you see these teenagers react in such different ways Mm. and like it's just it's it's a very real show I highly recommend it um it's it's very interesting because the like director writer um he's Italian and so he is kind of putting together these like these worlds for these American families as an outsider Mm. so it's really interesting but I like that. I I enjoy it a lot. Um, there's not that many episodes. It's very chaotic, but is very it's still real. releasing like weekly, or is the, it just a short series? Um, I think it's gonna be a mini series, mm-hmm. and the final episode is tonight. Oh, okay. Cool. So I'm super. So excited. as of airing this, you'll be able to binge what's mm-hmm. available. Gotcha. Yep. You'll be able to see all of the episodes. Highly recommend. Um, even if you just want to watch for Kid Cudi. <laughs> Okay, so wait, I was thinking about this. Is Kid Cudi the one who was on stage at Coachella during MGMT's set and he's like just vibing? I think so, yeah. And it it came out like a while later that he was like tripping on acid. Oh, really? Yeah, he tweeted, I'm thinking it's Kid Cudi. Cut this out if it wasn't. 
Um, well, when I search Kid Cudi Co, it goes Kid Cudi drunk dancing. Okay, yeah. To electric feel at Coachella. Yeah, so he, this video comes Tripping out. Tripping balls is what he He's said. just vibing. He's having the best fucking time. And comes out a few years later, he tweets, like, I just wanted to let you guys know that, like, the acid was hitting and your song just had me feeling some type of way and I had to get on stage with you. Like, that, I love that for That him. made me love it so much more. I went to an MGMT concert in LA. At was the, everybody just tripping? I don't know because I was under the influence <laughs> of something as well. <laughs> so I'm going to think that is a yes. Um, but we were, like, so me and my lobster, Kelsey, drove up to L.A. and met up with his cousin. We stayed at a really shitty hotel in L.A. And it was at the, was it the, I don't know, some bougie concert venue in L.A. That's not, like, a big arena. It's, like, mid size. Troubadour? No, it's like the Forum, I think, or something like that. Oh. Um, but don't quote me. I don't know for sure. So we were, as we're talking about, like, how we don't, we're not super familiar with MGMT. <laughs> but it was like, that video had come out pretty recently. I was like, I'm just going to vibe like Kid Cudi, like, the whole time. And so that we went over to the side where it was pretty empty because we didn't have the best view of them on stage, but we were right up on st- like up against the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just dancing like Kid Cudi was during that video. Um, I will say that they're not the best performers live. Like they were a little bit dull and boring. Like I do enjoy some of their songs there. Yeah, I feel good, like, but-, but that's how I feel about a lot of like bands that are similar to them mm-hmm. is like I like, like their hipster yeah, yeah I'm, like they just seem like so like depressed to be on stage like yeah they're not happy That's to exactly. be there and everybody in the audience was like the same thing so we were like let's just go over here where we have space to dance like dorks and have a good time yeah and we did we had fun I will say the tickets were free for me so that's why I was there I was gonna um, say a why are you there b I know two MGMT songs yeah <laughs> like electric feel right uh-huh and then kids is that the same yeah song? I think so or no, it's a different song. Okay, those are the two that I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. But that was pretty much me too. Um, we It was such a funny weekend that I didn't have to pay much to experience. Yeah. So, yeah, take advantage. If somebody says you want free concert tickets to something, do go it. do it. Because first of all, <laughs> concerts... <laughs> oh my God, I'm so depressed It's now. such an energy that we may never get back. Um, yeah, I did something like that one time, one weekend, me and my friend Alicia got tickets for like super cheap to go see T Mills, AKA he's now just Travis Mills. Oh, <laughs> but he was T Mills um, at the time. He was T Mills and he sang the song, She Gotta, <laughs> and that's what got me into him. I was actually, we were supposed to go with this guy I was talking to at the same time, but mm. like he got into a Twitter fight with T Mills because this was back when you could like just message like or at people and like they would see all of it because it wasn't super popular yet. Okay, uh huh. And like T Mills like told him like you can't show up at my like concert like I'll what? kick you out. What? Yeah, wow, this is got into some intense. beef with him, and so he was like, "Well, we can't go," and I was like, "No, you can't go. <laughs> like I'm still going. Like, I'm gonna go. See ya." Yeah, and then so me and Alicia just went and um 
I we ha- we got a hotel somehow, like a pretty decent hotel. But to drive from the hotel to the venue, which was the Troubadour, mm. two miles on the freeway in Los Angeles, I shit you not, two and a half hours. Oh my gosh, I believe it. I just remember insanity. looking at Alicia and being like, "We're not, we we're not walk. even gonna make it. You like, could walk faster." Yeah. That's crazy. It was stupid. And then we had to wait in line for like ever. And as we were waiting in line, there was this girl that was passed out on the sidewalk, like went too hard for their pregame before getting she to the herself? venue. Her friends were there, oh, okay. but like they were going inside with or without her. So Jeez that was like my Louise. first experience <laughs> like going to like a concert in Los Angeles. Oh my gosh. It was traumatizing. Yeah. It was a lot of fun though. I got to meet him. See, it's a story. It like, is. Like, dude, go to the show. Yep. Like if you have the chance to experience something out of your daily boring life, absolutely absolutely do it unless it's like in- inherently dangerous or harmful you know? yeah um obviously use your judgment i don't want anybody to at me for saying that i told them to do something stupid because that's not what i'm saying but anyway live your life yeah but sometimes the stupid things like staying out until 5 a.m two nights in a row are the most fun and yeah. are what your soul needs yeah exactly so it is what it is. Yeah, you got to get those endorphins somehow. Seriously, because I can only get them so much in my apartment these days. Without uh, substances. <laughs> True. Okay, so those are our recommendations yeah. for the week. If we had uh, sponsors, this is where we would put in a sponsor commercial break. Does anybody have anything they want us to sponsor? <laughs> and like... Anxiety, yeah. hit us up. <laughs> just like anything you have your own business you have your own podcast yeah. you have something we'll sponsor you we're very open to the conversation of sponsors sponsorship yeah and collabing or just you know trade and services yeah totally um but what we were actually what we what we want to talk about tonight is a little bit about like career stuff job stuff yeah um, you've had a very interesting 2020. Uh-huh. I had a very interesting 2019 to 2020. Yeah. Yours kind of dragged on because you had like a part one and a part two. <laughs> yeah, I really have. Um, but yeah, well, I guess mine kind of started 2019 when I was promoted, uh, at the company that I no longer work for. Um, so within a year mm-hmm. I went from running a department to being fired from the department. Uh, I was a few days away from putting in my two weeks, and I think they caught wind of that, so they wanted to beat me to it, Mm -hmm. which sucks because nobody wants to say that that's how their time at a workplace that they poured their heart and soul into for several years ends. But sometimes you got to know when to walk away. Yes. Speaking as someone who worked at that same company, (laughs) was in the same position two years before you were in the position, Uh I totally understand what you mean. I personally, I had to get fired. Mm -hmm. I was not going to leave. Like, no matter how miserable I got, 
I was not going to leave. And now I come to realize it's probably because I'm not good at quitting jobs. <laughs> I've tried to quit two jobs it's in the past. You identify that though. I've tried to quit two jobs in the last year. And both times I've basically been told by the person I'm giving notice to, no, this isn't happening. Mm-hmm. So um, something about the language, maybe. I don't know how much more direct I could have been the second time. I learned my lesson. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so we've actually both been fired from the same position at the same company. Yeah, and now we live together, and we have a podcast that we co-host. So sometimes it's good to get fired. No, yeah, absolutely. We would definitely not be where we are right now. Agreed. In a lot of ways. That place is just very toxic and... There's a lot going wrong with it internally mm-hmm. and structurally. And I mean, because when I got promoted, I shouldn't have been promoted. Yeah. I was pretty, I was still fairly new to the company. Mm-hmm. I had no real like management, like leadership experience. Yeah. And then it was just like my manager left to move on to something new. They tried to make me co-manage with another coworker, which co-managing never works. They've tried to do ever. that several times at that company. Like, if you want to know never how works. how well co-managing works, watch the episode of The Office where they have to co-manage because it doesn't work. <laughs> um, and so yeah, so then when co-managing didn't work, they just promoted me. And while I was grateful because I was like, oh, it's so cool, I was I'm also like, WTF. I now manage a team, Yeah, you know, and like, where do you start? Where do you start when you don't have a good example? Right. Because the person that was supposed to be leading me and guiding me was not. And while I have my own leadership style, I did learn by watching that person. Mm -hmm. And that I think was the biggest part to my downfall is that I didn't question it more and I didn't try to like stay away from how that person did it that's very true because I think if you have a better example that's guiding you as the manager then you're going to be able to be more successful not only that but it's good to have a, a role model or a person that like if you're you know if you're not the owner of the company you should have a person that you directly report to um for guidance and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I think in you should have multiple sources of leadership um, information that you can tap into. A mentor, courses, mm-hmm. books, like other material it pro- like should be provided to you by yeah. your employer if you are put into a leadership position. Well, and I asked yeah. to go to a leadership conference like a month after getting the promotion because I was like, I have yeah. no idea what I'm doing in that first month, we hired, like, two new people. So the team went from, I think there was five, it went to seven. And, then, like, the team grew a lot while I was the manager. Like, it doubled in size. Yeah, it grew while I was, too. But they still I didn't know don't. what I didn't know what to do with it, and I didn't know how to scale as we were growing like that, you know? Right. Um, and so I really – I had asked, like – our office manager who is technically for all purposes HR mm-hmm. like is there some sort of like course I can do is there some sort of like certification is there just something that you guys can send me to like a seminar yeah and I basically got shot down and I was like okay well then this is gonna stay the way it is and you're it's not, it's gonna, not gonna end gonna well be successful for anybody yeah 
Um, that's yeah, it's frustrating that that's not the only case in which things like that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my first jobs was working retail at Old Navy. Love them. I have Don't. an order trying to make it Coming here before I go to Seattle. <laughs> right. And I, nothing against um, the organization personally, ethically, anything like that, that I know of. Uh, if people, if you have any information that you want to give to me that says otherwise, happy about to, to whistleblow the fuck happy out to learn. of Old Navy. No, no, no. I'm not really going to say anything <laughs> bad about Old Navy, but I was kind of put on the manager track mm-hmm. from a very early in my career there. And I was only there for three years. So that's how quickly it progressed. Um, but it was like, we're going to put you on the man. We're going to keep telling that you that we want you to be a manager and a leader, mm-hmm. um, and go on all these, um, interviews and train for every single department that we could possibly put you in yeah. just so, you know, you're well-rounded and like it's exposure, it's experience interviewing, blah, 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 but never actually give me a promotion. Um, it wasn't until I realized that there was the what a majority of people that I worked with would consider the perfect role for me came up and I went up for it and I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. And I ended up having to train the person (gasps) they gave it to that I realized it was time to move on. Oh my God. (laughs) I was like, so I can do the job, but you're not going to let me, you're going to just have me train the person Report to them and train them how does that and it didn't make any sense so I was like okay you can only dangle the carrot for so long before the horse gets pissed yeah that they're never gonna be able to get the carrot oh my god yeah so how did you I mean it's retail so it's a little bit it may be different mm-hmm. did you like give a two weeks notice when you left Yeah, well, I got another part-time. Well, actually, I think I was offered full-time when I started there. Yeah, so I got another job, but I was like, I'll still be able to pull some shifts Mm -hmm. at Old Navy because it's part-time there no matter what, unless you're a manager and a pretty high-up manager, too, and you're on salary, Mm -hmm. um, that you will be, quote-unquote, full-time. So everybody there is pretty much a part-time employee. Yeah, most Um, retails like that. Yeah, so I was like, well, it's part-time. I'll just cut back my availability as if I'm, like, going to school and be able to work for this other job full time mm-hmm. and kind of st- and see see if I can juggle both mm-hmm. um but ultimate and so I did that for a few months until I burned out and I was like okay, yeah I'm gonna just keep tapering off until they don't really put me on the schedule anymore yeah. um and so then when it came down to a point where I like had one four-hour shift I, I talked to my manager and I was like don't put me on the schedule next week and he was like I figured this was coming yeah. So it was fine. That's not a way that it's typical to leave that a job like that. Mm-hmm. They want like a two weeks notice. And usually they just don't put you on the schedule next week. Yeah. Well, that's what pisses me off about giving notice at a job is it's standard, right? It's mm-hmm. to give two weeks. Mm-hmm. But then usually once you give your two weeks, it's done. Like, Yeah. I don't know where that standardization really comes from and how it's beneficial yeah. to work that two weeks after you've decided you don't want to be there. The only way that I could like explain it or justify it is if you actually had to train your replace or hire for and train your replacement. Yeah. And you needed that overlap time to like help the transition. Yeah. But most places you're not going to be hiring for your replacement. You're not going to be training your replacement. Yeah. So there's really not a point in it being 
helpful to anyone to have that two weeks. Yeah, I'm just like, let's just cut our losses. Like, I don't want to be here. And like me telling you, I'm leaving. Like, save I don't the payroll for yeah. the you know hiring the next person and and putting some more effort into getting them trained. Yeah. Um. Interesting. Well, I I've quit a couple of jobs, but none. <laughs> None have gone well. <laughs> um, the the one that probably went the worst was when I was leaving the like mortgage team that I was on last year. Well, from 2017 to 2019, mm-hmm. I was with the same team. <laughs> and if anyone knows me, they know that this was not a great team for me to be on mentally or mm-hmm. emotionally. My boss... We, ver- we blurred the lines a lot, yeah. we, but she's very much that type of person that, like, if she connects with you, like, she wants to hang out with you, like, she would she take us. She wants to spoil you. Yeah, she would take us, like, s- s- but only certain employees, mm-hmm. like, out to dinner, like, we would hang out on the weekends, like, get our nails done. Like, we really blurred the lines, mm-hmm. and I had never done that with a boss before. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, it just, it, it took its toll on me because the line was so blurred that at work she would talk to me like I was just stupid and like she was just very, um, the communication was no longer professional. Yeah. It was no longer professional. And then like everyone that had been there when I first started in 2017 was gone. Mm. Majority of the people that had been there, like that started a little after me they all left too so like it was like brand new people and it was just like no longer the place for me and so I like finally got up the courage and I like typed up a letter and she saw the letter folded up on my desk oh my god she's like what is that and I was like oh nothing we'll talk about it later like I want to do at the end of the day but she was already like alerted she saw it and she was just like no let's go talk right now we were working in a we work space so we went to like one of the empty conference rooms Mm -hmm. so it's a communal workspace but aren't they like glass windows yeah so you can see in and And your whole team knows that you're going in there like yeah yeah. Um, and so we go in there and like, I'm I just tell her, I'm like, this is a letter because I was planning on giving my notice today. Um, I'm just not really happy. Like, I don't think the loan industry is for me mm-hmm. at the same time of like her and I having this relationship that had been blurred. I was also I felt as if I was helping people qualify for mortgages that they didn't necessarily qualify for. Yeah. So ethically, it was getting to be hard for you to accept. Yeah. Like there was just lines that were being blurred in that sense as well. Um, And so I just was making the decision for myself. And it was it was really, really scary. I was really scared to give her my notice. And so we have this whole conversation and at the end of the conversation, she's like, I just wish you would take like the night to think about this. Like, it's really not, you know, the best for you. Like, you know, just kind of being like an, an like a ex-boyfriend or a guy that you're breaking up with. Like, no one's going to treat you as good as I do type of thing. Gaslighting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's a we ma- love that. Yeah. So that's Master what she- manipulation. Yeah. So that's what she does. And like, we go back into our office and, um, one of my coworkers knew that I was going to be giving my notice. I had already told her. Mm-hmm. And so, like, she chats me, and she's like, so, like, how did it go? And I was like, well, I don't think she thinks that I'm actually quitting because she told me to take the night. 
And then she's like, oh, well, like, are you, like, going to think about it? And I was like, no, I ended the conversation being like, this is what I'm doing. Like, I'm giving you, I think I gave them actually three weeks notice. Right. Because I, like, for that type of situation, like, I did so much for them at that point. You that need to, it, like, explain what yeah, your job is at that point. It was someone. really going to hurt them if yeah. I had just got up and left yeah. so I was like I I still cared about the like the team so much at that point that I was like I will sit here and spend the next three weeks training people to do what I do for you mm-hmm. um and so like a couple hours later that same coworker who had like asked me how it went she's like yeah she definitely doesn't think that you're leaving like she thinks that like you're gonna come in tomorrow morning and just ask for more money and I was like at this point, it doesn't matter how much money she's offering me. Mm-hmm. I'm done. And so, like, that night, like, I didn't know what to do. Like, because I was going to, I was like, I'm going to have to repeat this whole conversation again. That's so stressful. And Oof. so, the next morning, I got there at, like, 830, and she was already there. Meanwhile, she's usually not in the office before 10 a.m. Oh, my most God. Days. And so, she's already there. So, I was like, okay, like, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Um went into the conference room with her and her husband, who's my other manager, and was like, I'm still leaving. And she just looked at me, and she's like, you're going to regret this. And I was like, uh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, flash forward 10 months, I did regret it, and I did go back. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was, like, the worst experience of my life. Yeah. I just, because I, I didn't I know. I hate that she was able to plant that feeling in you though Mm -hmm. because I don't know how the next 10 months would have played out any differently like had she just been like okay Mm -hmm. like how do you think um I mean I think the reason I went back to that team at the end of the year was not because I missed the team. It was not because I missed that work. It was not because I missed her. I wanted, you know, I didn't want want to return to that job itself, technically. Yeah. I was doing much worse financially. And Mm -hmm. so at that point, it was like, I were desperate. Yeah, I have to do what I need to do to survive right now. And that means I have, I literally have to put my tail between my legs. Mm -hmm. And I have to go be that person that proved her right. Yeah, that literally gives her the satisfaction of being like, I knew you'd come back. <sighs> but joke's on her, because I'm gone again. Yeah. <laughs> but it was still, like, not the best. It wasn't good the second time around, obviously, because you're still not there. But it's like, would you have, would you have gone back? Even, I mean, like, I know you were financially desperate, and knew that it was an option. Mm-hmm. But if she didn't make you feel like it was an option when you left the first time, like, would you have done something different? Um, I want to say yes, because most of last year, I didn't, I refused to go back to the mortgage industry. Yeah. It's, what I, it's not what I, I don't love what I do. I'm good at what I do. Right. It's very different. Totally. Um. And so I did try really hard to find other jobs in other industries, and it just wasn't working in my favor. And it's one of those things, too, where unless you know somebody these days, good luck. Get in. Good yeah. luck getting into a new industry. Yeah. Because I'm going to give you my resume, and you're going to see the last two and a half, three years, our mortgage experience only. And you're going to be like, why are you trying to do 
why are you trying to start over like this late in your life? So to yeah, speak? and it's like I'm not even thirty, but I, know, I feel but like I'm trapped totally into this one industry, into this one role, mm-hmm. and so it's just like you have to know people. It's weird. I feel like there's a dichotomy there because there's a lot of pressure put, I think, on our generation to kind of figure out what we want to do when we're 17 Mm -hmm. and like that be the choice that we make. Like we spend thousands of dollars on colleges to give us a career when we're done and heaven forbid we throw that out the window and try to change it. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, like a lot of successful people that, I mean, I know personally and or are successful people that talk about this, Mm -hmm. um, they're like, no, you can absolutely do several different things in your lifetime as an adult. Like you Mm -hmm. can absolutely pick up and move or just start a new job that you know nothing about. And I feel like that's 100% true. But for some reason, millennials are in this like, they're stuck in because between. there's so much pressure on us to be successful when we're young mm-hmm. and not actually like fuck up sometimes yeah. or like regret choices that we made when we were younger and like have to pay for them now. Yeah. There is so much pressure on us to be young and successful and like hustling till yeah. we get there. Yeah. Well, and like that's the thing too is. I went to college and for two, the first two years I was undeclared because I had no idea mm-hmm. what the fuck I wanted to do. Like, I remember just feeling so overwhelmed and being like, I, at that point, what, I'm 19 years old. You're telling me I have to pick a major mm-hmm. and I have to figure out what I'm going to do with that major for the rest of my life. Yeah. And so at that point, like, it was like, at that point you have to pick a major, otherwise you can't take upper Keep unit. School. Yeah. So it was like, okay, well, I really like politics. <laughs> I'm going to choose political science because I Just like Just because you want to learn about it, not yeah. necessarily that you want to work in I it. I loved my teachers. Yeah. Like, I loved the classes. I found it so interesting. Right. And then I'm in this major that it's like, well, I don't actually want to go into politics. <laughs> and if know. those are good life skills, though. Yeah. So similarly for me, I was I went into college from high school um, thinking that I wanted to be an actor um, because it did a lot for me at going from like preteen to early adulthood mm-hmm. or young adulthood. Um, it did so much for me to like build character and confidence and a lot of life skills that I was like, oh, and you know, some people were telling me that I was pretty good at it. So I was like, okay, cool. This is what I want to do. Realizing in college partway through that, like, I can't be a starving actor because I come from a poor family. There's nobody to catch me if I can't make my rent. Like I actually need to make money. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of paid work in theater or acting. Mm -hmm. Um, So I dropped out of college when I realized that I was kind of in too deep to change and like figure it out mid like while the train is still on the track. So I was like, I need to, I mean, I was calling it like I'm taking a gap year to figure myself out, but I still haven't gone back. I mean, I have the hunger now, I think Um, just need to like figure out what puzzle piece uh, to go for. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I had some regrets initially dropping out of college, but at this point, like, since then, I've never felt smarter. Yeah. Um, And I don't know, like, this could be a whole deeper psychological conversation for another episode, but, like, I went into the company that shall not be named that we both do not work for anymore, 
having zero experience in that industry. Mm -hmm. And I mean, luckily there was a good ish training system there for me to learn on the go. Um, and that's still the industry that I'm working in now. Mm -hmm. And it's somewhere that I figured out that I am good at it and that I am smart in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, which has done a ton for me, um, for my confidence and et cetera, all the things I mentioned before that theater did. So I feel like it's all just kind of like situational. It might not be something that like when you're dying, you realize like that was your passion, but yeah. all of these things are important for the phase in life that you're in. Yeah, absolutely. It shouldn't have to be like the one career that gets you success, mm-hmm. you know, because you'll, you'll find other things that it, you benefit from while you're doing it. Yeah. Well, I just, I get really annoyed and like angry when I think about how much our parents and our teachers and like school administrators pushed college on us. Mm -hmm. I get so mad when I think about it because I mean, and I didn't even pay for all four years. Like Mm -hmm. I had two years free, completely paid by grants. I only paid for the last two. Yeah. But it's still a lot of money and it was still local. Like I wasn't even out of state tuition. Right. I didn't live on the dorms. Like I lived at home, but it was still a ton of money. And at the end of it, it's like, okay, cool. I have a degree that's framed and put up in our living room. Mm -hmm. What do I do with it? I don't do anything with it. That's where I was at too. I'm like, I'm just going to pull the plug. Like I don't need the piece of paper. I, I learned so much in the years that I was in school studying theater that I still implement to this day. Yeah. Um, in different ways and not exactly the way that I pictured it or that people who pushed me into that major push like saw me like succeeding or whatever from it but I don't regret it I don't regret any of it yeah well and I don't regret picking the major that I picked I don't regret getting my degree in political science like yeah I could have gone into like one of the like the STEM majors you know which is like what my dad always wanted me to do my dad wanted me to go to Stanford and my dad wanted me to be like a computer science major okay um which is like STEM is like science technology engineering and math so like yeah they're all very important for the world yeah None of those things are like my brain. Like my brain doesn't work that way. Like they're all too math. Like they're literally all about math. They're all about like, I could not do that. Like I don't math. I don't like you and I have said multiple (laughs) times, someone points a gun at my head and asks me a math equation. Pull the trigger. Yeah. I'm not going to know it. And like Mm -hmm. I work in the mortgage industry, but guess what? I also have a mortgage calculator. Yeah. And it calculates it all for me. Google is a wonderful tool. <laughs> yeah. Like, thank you, the brains that created Google. Like, yeah. thank you. Mm-hmm. But that's not me. And so I, although I get angry when I think about how much, like, money and time, whatever I wasted on college, I do think I had a good experience, but that's because I didn't choose something just because of the forethought of, what is this going to make my future success look like? Right. It was just like, what am I passionate about? What do I care about? Yeah. What's interesting to I me? I think that's good. And I feel like maybe we should start structuring um, the transition from high school to college in that way. It's like, just learn things. Mm-hmm. Go for the things that interest you, not for the career track or the salary that's tied to that career track because it's not resulting in like well-formed human beings at the end of it. But if we go into college 
pursuing the things that our brain understands and can grasp, then we'll we'll be able to work in our passions eventually Mm -hmm. rather than like, I'm going to force myself to learn law because my like my family's are always done it my family's pushing me to do it yeah or i know that it makes good money yeah and like most lawyers i know are freaking miserable yeah because it's not what drives them yeah they just needed a paycheck yeah i just remember in like and in so many of my classes there was always like a really old person Mm -hmm. that was just like going back to school and not to get a degree for the degree, but just to learn. Yeah. And like, I love that. Like, I wish that it wasn't so expensive so we could just do that, you know, because I love learning. Like, I love physically sitting in a classroom and like collaborating and like hearing my teacher's lectures. Like, I love stuff like that. Yeah. And it just... It just bothers me that it's like we're so focused on school, you know, for 16 years because 12 and then four for college or Mm -hmm. whatever. And then you can get your master's or whatever if you want to. But then after that, it's just kind of like, okay, you're done. Like, welcome to the workforce. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then it's just boring until you retire. (laughs) Well, and then it's like. Or it's just struggle until you retire, really, because like. There's an, I mean, I, there's almost nobody who can say that they love the f- job that they're in. Some people, it's very rare, though. It's very rare. And, and they did something different. Like, they didn't follow the same track that we're pushed onto. Yeah. Um, I forgot. I was going to say something while you were talking about that. Um, well, I will say, this wasn't exactly where it was, but it was another tangential thought. <laughs> My friend Katie is like, I want to be a professional student. Like, I do, I love, I'm good at mm-hmm. being a student. I love like communicating with professors and like collaborating on projects and like learning all these new things. But like, nobody would be proud of me for being a professional student. I would be. She'd be, she'd have all the knowledge, right? <laughs> she'd be so smart. Like, I would love that. I think that. there's a lot of people that would love that. Yeah. But like, yeah, where's this, like, what? How come we don't value education and continuously learning as much as we do working a nine to five? I don't know. Nine to fives are bullshit, though, by the way. I'm only productive from nine to 11 and then three to five. Yeah, I work. And if anyone I work with is listening, I didn't say that. Sorry about it. Um, I work for myself now. I'm independent and I probably work on a busy week. This is going to sound really. You're going to say like 10 hours. 12 hours max. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, and I'm making the same amount of money that I was when I was working 50 plus a week. I. So yeah, fuck that like stupid system, hourly bullshit, being, having to pay into your job essentially like Mm -hmm. pay for parking, pay for gas, pay for, Yeah. I mean, I work from home now, too, and that's pretty good. It does save a ton of money, but paying for an office, paying for, like, commuting, mm-hmm. everything. Um, That's not necessarily oh, – oh, I just remembered. It was going to drive me nuts. So I have an internship that I briefly mentioned before with December.org. Go check it out. Um, It's unpaid, and it's not very many hours a week. It's not super challenging or difficult for me, but I am one of two – out of 
I think, 20 interns that they have right now Mm -hmm. that's not in college. Interesting. Yeah. So we had like a happy hour. Oh, I heard you say that. I heard you say, oh, I'm not in school right now. And I was just like, okay, what's she talking about? Yeah. It's funny. We'll do like virtual. It's really, it's a meeting, but it's like a morale meeting. It's not like a, you know, we have to like figure out plans and productivity and blah 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 it's just like a morale check-in they call it a happy hour even though nobody's drinking (laughs) um and not everybody has to attend it's just kind of like if you can because we're all across the country on Mm -hmm. different time zones Um, but we had that on friday for halloween and um one of the people who is employed by the company she was like i just want to check in like we're midway through this semester want to see how everybody's doing yeah like what's going on with you how are your courses how's virtual learning and blah 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 and so they're all kind of going and then they just popcorn to a random person and they picked me and I don't I didn't I don't work directly with a, a majority of the interns like me and one other girl are like the admin interns the rest are usually like editorial because they're like big like on social media online, social media like that, yeah content editors stuff like that um but she popcorn this random girl popcorn to me and I was like well I'm not in school <laughs> I'm a little bit older than you guys, Just a bit. but uh, my life is going okay. <laughs> I was like, here's my dog. <laughs> she gets me through a lot. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, I think um, when I was interviewing for this internship, the woman that I report to, who's the director of operations, she was like, so I have to admit like a majority of these people that uh, are applying are in school and they need it for credits Credits and to graduate and stuff like that or to write their thesis and whatever um why are you applying yeah (laughs) I was like well for a lot of reasons I have the time because I barely work (laughs) anymore I want to put my downtime like my non-officially paid downtime into something that is better for the world Mm -hmm. um and feeds me um in a way that I wouldn't get from the industry that I work in Mm -hmm. I want to make a difference essentially and I have the time and the capacity to do that right now in my life so like I really would appreciate the opportunity basically yeah (laughs) um and time went by I didn't think I was going to get it because I was like not the demographic that they were looking for um, but she checked uh, one of my references. Well, she checks both my references, but one of them was Haley. Yeah. Who we just mentioned earlier at the top of the podcast. She's our bestie. Um, who was, we used to work with her. Um, <laughs> and uh, she was telling Haley, like, I'm just another, like, she's like, I brought this up to Ashley during our interview, but one of my main concerns is I think that she's overqualified for this internship. <laughs> I think she's going to be bored. And she's like, nah. You don't understand, like, Ashley doesn't need to, like, be the best at it or be super busy. She just wants to help. Like, she literally is just trying to get her foot in the door in this type of, you know, nonprofit industry. So, Mm -hmm. like, literally, she'll be so thankful for the opportunity to do anything with you guys. And I was like, yeah, I would have said that too. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, thankfully, I got it. And it's doing so much for my mental health. Even though it's a really heavy subject matter Mm -hmm. that this nonprofit works towards, um, go check it out, (laughs) December.org, and you'll learn. It's so, it's really where my passion is, is like helping people who need it. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, what would be your like 
dream career. And mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be like, like something that exists right now. Yeah, it doesn't have to be something that exists. It doesn't have to be something that you're qualified for right now mm-hmm. or that like just like what would be your like dream job? That is so hard because I think I mean I feel like I have ADD when mm-hmm. it comes to things that I'm like interested in slash want to be better at slash like feel like I have I think that is so interesting and I think that so many people in our age demographic feel the same way yeah there's so much like I just feel like everyone there's just so many we were all taught we could be whatever we want to be so we Mm -hmm. literally think we can yeah but then it's like no like you should pick some narrow it down a little (laughs) bit you know yeah I mean I think I mean I mentioned it on the last podcast that I was having like a weird existential moment about wanting to go into caregiving That's still something that I would love to at least put like volunteer work towards. I don't like I said, I don't know what the training for like hospice or like working at a retirement home or anything like that looks like. But I honestly, I just want to help people. Mm -hmm. Um, I have received a lot of help in the experiences that I've gone through Mm -hmm. and I know how much it saves lives Mm -hmm. um, to just have somebody there to like hold your hand at the hardest time in your life, whatever that may be. So I kind of just want to be an advocate. So interesting. Yeah. Like trying to like think of like what that could be. Yeah. What that looks like. Like it's kind of, it's kind of like, like a companionship mm-hmm. type of thing. Yeah. Like I think there I think there's probably been a couple of movies about it, but it's like somebody has, you know, some sort of disease or whatever where they don't have very much time to live and so like they partner them with somebody to like help them just do remedial tasks yeah, and, and like be there and like hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Keep them company and stuff like that. I, wanna, I would be a, a great companion. That's in, it's something I'll look into actually. Yeah, I'm sure that probably exists mm-hmm. somewhere. I'm sure it does. Yeah, but interesting. What about you? Um, I mean, I would love for the podcast to turn into something. Totally, and for it to be, you know just like known and to like for people to listen from wherever they are and to feel connected and to feel the way that we feel when we listen to our favorite podcast. Yeah. Um I think like this is currently and has been for the last year my passion. Mm-hmm. Like I just really enjoy sitting down and just talking. Yeah. Um but I think at the end of the day like my my dream has always been to be a writer. And to just write something that matters. Like I don't, I don't want to write just anything. Mm-hmm. And like I struggle with that because I start a lot of things and I don't finish them. I think that's totally okay. And that's actually the only way that you will be able to do, like, to write something that matters. The is number, start all of it. The number of like unfinished chapters that are like completely not even in the same story or universe, yeah. like that are saved on this computer. It's astronomical. That's amazing. Like, like literally, but how are you going to know what? takes off for you yeah until you start it you have to start everything yeah well and so it's super interesting because the last couple of weeks maybe the last month I just started writing 
poetry on my phone <laughs> and it seems so random it's for you. so random but cool. I literally like it was just like it was it like they were in my brain and I could not stop going there you go and so I have five poems <laughs> probably not very good but I wrote I, poems once well I guess I've written it I have had a few phases of writing like poetry or like spoken word and stuff yeah um I I keep doing it yeah it's just it's so weird and like it's just so interesting because I never thought that I would ever write poetry because a I don't really fully understand poetry I feel like you can call write whatever you want and just call it poetry Absolutely. it doesn't technically That's even have to rhyme everything you can call art everything that you make is art yeah it's so interesting there's not a science behind it at all yeah but so like that would be I would love to be a writer and I would love to be like a bestseller. That's my ultimate dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I write a couple of like novels, like fiction, I want to write an autobiography because I feel like you got some stories to tell. I have a lot of story. Like I have a lot of the stories like written down too. like yeah. I have more of that stuff because I've always journaled and I've always like I mean, not as an adult, but kept a diary. Yeah. So I've started several diaries or journals throughout my life Mm -hmm. I usually don't make it even like a year I usually don't make it even like a month of doing it consistently yeah but I'll pick it up every now and then and like write a few more entries or like go through a little spurt a phase of where I want to do it again I think that's okay I think that's normal yeah um it doesn't have to be a super disciplined habit though some people would say that like the science behind becoming a good writer is like you have to write 20 minutes a day yeah like like, Stephen King's I don't even remember what his is but I was just like I can't do this I tried to do I had a 30-day like writing prompt list oh my god I think I got like 12 days and I just completely forgot yeah I've tried I tried to start a writing group on one of the like discords that I participate in Mm -hmm. and like nobody wanted to participate (laughs) like people were like oh yeah I'd love to start that I'd love to try that and I was like okay like let's come up with a format and then like crickets yeah so it's fine it's and like the only thing the only advice I can have for that is don't stop starting yeah and maybe start to share it because how are you going to be a bestseller if nobody else reads what you're doing it doesn't have to be perfect yeah and it never will be yeah like Harry Potter's not perfect but you know neither is the author yeah in a lot of ways um and that's my favorite book series yeah regardless of its imperfections and yeah it comes from no I, yeah you're definitely right and it's just like it's like the same thing that when I thought about starting the podcast like it was just like it's so scary because mm-hmm. it's a level of vulnerability if you want it to be yeah. authentic and like rawness yeah and it's just like these thoughts these words that I've written or typed out like they have not I'm the only person that's ever seen them. Mm -hmm. And so like there is, I've honestly thought about making like an anonymous like TikTok page and sharing them that way. Um, And so I've kind of thought about stuff like that. Yeah. Like um, what is it? Atticus poetry. And no one knows who he is. Right. Except for people are his friends and they know who he is. Yeah. The rest of us don't. Um, Yeah. But that kind of stuff like has always like that is my that's therapy to me that's where my passion is speaking and talking because I don't do the maths <laughs> I don't do the maths either and that's okay there are things invented to make it easier yep calculators um, phones 
Awesome. Well, I will say I think you should definitely check out Brene Brown mm-hmm. in showing vulnerability and bravery. Mm-hmm. She has a lot of really cool things to say about that. Um, and we can talk more about it because there have been some – I have some stories about bravery. Yeah. Um, I'm not very brave at all. You can be. Everyone is capable of bravery. That's why I think – yeah, that's why I think I'm going to be single forever. Oh, same. Like, I, my thing is I don't, I'm not good at vulnerability one-on-one. What? I, I had can, no idea. I can be vulnerable <laughs> to a crowd of strangers that I might never need to see again. Yeah. Um, but one-on-one eye contact is real hard for me. See, and I'm the exact opposite. But, like, I'm only... I can get real vulnerable, but with people that I already know. Yeah. Like, this is why I'm not cut out for the age of online dating. Yeah. I have the apps on my phone. I swipe when I get bored, and I get matches, and I just don't ever talk to the people. (laughs) So I'm – I they need to ban me from all the apps (laughs) because – They're like, you've you've proven that you're not actually going to date anybody. Yeah, you're not actually looking for somebody. It's like, well – I dated some one person, the only guy that I ever met in real life from a dating app. I dated him for like eight months. Wow. I know. Um, We had to end our relationship because it was early 2016 and we had very different political beliefs going into that election. Yeah. I think, did we talk about this in the podcast? Or have I just talked about this a lot recently? Um, I don't know if we've talked about this before. Um, But yeah. So (laughs) I'm not cut out for it either. Yeah. But it's, you know, dating is just rough in general. Well, for me, it's like... Okay, I'm not good at online dating because, like I just said, I'm going to match with you and never message you. Yeah. And also, but in person, like, I'm really awkward. Like, I feel very social. I get a lot of social anxiety Mm. unless I'm drunk. Mm -hmm. So, like... Liquid courage. Yeah, if you give me alcohol, like, I can do... Make out with strangers. I'm... Yes, but not in COVID. <laughs> no, not in COVID. This was November, right? <laughs> this was last November. Yeah. <laughs> At the same place where anyways, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I have a lot of social anxiety and then it's just like I most of my friends, I would say, are in very serious relationships, i.e. they're engaged or married. Right. So Except it's, for me. Yeah. And so it's just like, <laughs> we have to be each other's wing woman, but now we can't go anywhere. Where yeah. do you meet people? We don't. And like the last guy I met at a bar, that did not go well. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't. We all know it didn't. It was no. terrible. Um, It was fun <laughs> while it lasted, though. It was fun until it got real bad. Until it got real bad, and then the the train was (laughs) on fucking fire. Um, No, it's fine. Uh, Not recently, but a while back, Jim was like, man, I just wish you guys could have, like, worked out. You guys had such good chemistry. And Haley goes, chemistry like a bomb. (laughs) Which is true, but bombs can be exciting as long as you don't get hurt. Yeah. It's like the danger. But yeah, I mean, no, he was never going to work out for you. Yeah. But that's the last guy I met. At a bar. At a bar through my friends. So <laughs> thanks a lot, guys. I'm trying to think <laughs> if I met. Oh, 
met someone at a bar who was no i can't say it's too many details i'll totally figure out who we're talking about it was new year's eve oh okay <laughs> new year's eve 2018 to 2019 yeah because what did we do last year I don't remember. This last year, we weren't together. Oh, we weren't together. This is when you got the concussion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Haley. Haley. <laughs> Ashley gets hurt a lot, especially ex- while intoxicated. I'm extremely accident prone. It's been a little while. I mean, I have some bruises right now. You, see you gave one? yourself a concussion the other night when you hit your head. Oh, no. That was just a bump. <laughs> but it, I had already had a headache, so I was worried. But, um, yeah, 2018, um, Ashley. <laughs> we cannot give away details i'm shaking i'm like looking at her like now let's move on um but it didn't it didn't end well either we'll say that i really wish we could share the story but yeah there's too many people who may listen to this will likely listen to this that is so funny they probably already done figured it out yeah it's fine maybe we just don't need to say it share any other details but yeah um (laughs) My dad met his second wife. My dad's been married three times. Mm-hmm. Um, his second wife at a bar, and it didn't end well either. So I just don't think that's where we should be looking for love. I also don't think that's where we should be looking for love. That's like the only thing we used to do for entertainment. Yeah. So now I just am going to be single forever, but that's, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Everything's not fine, but. We should challenge each other in 2021 when things you're allowed to like be social with strangers to like join some type of club or like you know like maybe I'll do a running group and like you can do a writing group and like not to say that we're looking for love in them but like just to like meet Meet new new people people. in a way that we're not not in a bar yeah or a party yeah I mean I'm on board with that now but when it comes to actually implementing it, this is also, that's the problem I have with dating apps. Yeah. Like well, we'll, che- we'll, we'll see. We'll like, check in. Like meeting strangers. Manifest it now. Manifestation. Yeah. Um, on that note. On that note, we're going to call it a night. Yeah. Just take care of yourselves this week, dear listener, this week and onward. But particularly, it's going to be rough. Um, Tomorrow is a big day. If you haven't voted, I'm very disappointed in you. Yeah. But there there are going to be future votes, I hope, that you should participate in because it makes a huge difference. Yep. We shall see. Either way, at the end of the day, just remember to be kind to each other. And to yourself. And we shall get through this either way. And this together. If this becomes our sign-off every time, we might get copyrighted. (laughs) We might, yeah. Well, so with Spotify, you can add in music, but it will only play the music for Spotify. Like, the podcast would only post to Spotify. Oh. Is that why I couldn't find us on iTunes? Like, right when you said it was live, I could only find it on Spotify. Um, I think it takes a little bit longer to go on to iTunes, but the majority of our listeners are on apple podcasts oh cool and we had somebody listen from the philippines i don't remember i don't know if they meant to listen to us <laughs> <laughs> but we had two percent of our audience from last week's episode oh, that's amazing 
I appreciate you uh, over in the Philippines. We'll learn um, a phrase next episode to say to you in your language. We'll try our best. You need to make a note of that. Right I now. don't. I'm not good with foreign languages, as we all recall from me trying to speak French last episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, don't forget to like and subscribe us wherever you listen to our wonderful podcast. Helps out a lot. Don't, Share it with your friends. Yeah, and don't forget to follow us on social media. We are we are on Instagram. It is Some Dumb Chicks. Mm-hmm. Um, like our post, share, and comment if you listen or check out any of the things that we recommended to you. Yeah, let us know if you like anything that we recommend to you or if you're like this is not what I like (laughs) (laughs) if it's not what you like we not might not be what you like but I no offense taken I'll be a little bit offended but that's just because I'm a cancer so (laughs) (laughs) okay Sophie says bye okay bye guys we love you (laughs)